Lane Kiffin speaks out again. It seems like in every week ordeal with him and something regards to Tennessee, we'll tell you what he insinuated early last week. We got Josh Ward coming on this episode of Locked On Vols, plus real-time expectations for Tennessee baseball, the betting favorites to win the College World Series. All that and more on this Thursday, Locked On Vols. You are Locked On Vols, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome into this edition of Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. You know where you can find this show, at underscore Kaner on Twitter, and at Locked On Vols, your weekday Tennessee Volunteers podcast, the only one out there. I'll give you every single thing you need to know about Tennessee athletics each and every weekday morning when you wake up on YouTube and wherever uh, you get your podcast, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online's got you covered this season with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before. Bet Online, it is where the game starts. So, it's a couple of days old now. All right, I realized that. I believe it was actually Friday on the Rich Eisen, Eisen show. But I wanted to bring it up here. A lot of you guys think I'm a Lane Kiffin apologist. A lot of you guys think I love me some Lane Kiffin. Try this on for size here. Lane Kiffin is so upset that he does not have the resources to compete at a big-time level. It's why he's it's why he's throwing grenades everywhere else, right? It's not like when he was at Tennessee. It's not like when he was at Southern Cal. It's not like when he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama. Lane Kiffin is at Ole Miss. Great coach. Great uh, quarterback developer. Great play caller. But he's at Ole Miss. Does not mean he can't win a national title. You can certainly win a national title there. But in terms of resources, in terms of booster supports, in terms of big picture stuff, Lane Kiffin is in uncharted territory right now. Sure, he was the coach at FAU. I get all that. That get kind of on his his rebound tour, getting up to where he needs to be. But he's in uncharted waters right now. He truly is, and he continues to cast stones. And it's so funny considering what he's been fired for in years past. Last Friday on the Rich Eisen Show, he goes on there and talking about name, image, and likeness and a number of other things. Here's a quote uh, when he's insinuating that $8 million name, image, and likeness deal that is obviously it was written by The Athletic a couple months ago and it caught the college football world by storm and everybody assumes that it is Tennessee football commit Nico Iamaliava. Uh, here's the quote from Lane Kiffin to Rich Eisen. And you're going to have all these locker room dynamics where now you're reading, you got a player coming over there to East Tennessee for $8 million that hasn't played a down, Kiffin added. And you've got a locker room saying, wait, now if that guy doesn't play, how's that going to work? How's this donor going to feel that paid him all this money when that guy's not playing? So you've got a lot of things that haven't been figured out yet. There's some truth to that. I'm going to say there's some truth to that. Sure. Um, you're going to have, I mean, this is like the Wild Wild West right now. Sure, as time goes on, it'll be more regulated and more regulated. You have different, and we'll talk about this here in a moment, you got different types of states that have different type of laws passed for name, image, and likeness right now. Uh, Tennessee's at the forefront right now, no question about it. Tennessee's got great fan support. It's got great leadership in the collective of Aspire Sports. Um, Tennessee's ahead of the game right now for sure. I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not lying to you right now. I don't know if that name, image, and likeness deal involving $8 million is is about Nico Iamaliava. Everybody assumes it is. I, I don't know. And plus, that will never be out in the public light. So even if I did know, I wouldn't say it because it's not for public knowledge. But I don't know. I truly don't know. Um, but everybody just assumes that it is about Nico. 
But Lane Kiffin sitting over here saying that it's going to mess up the locker room dynamics. We're going to hear from Josh Ward coming up here in just a little bit. And he, I asked him about this, and I thought he gave a great, a great answer. It's not like this hasn't happened before. It's not like this has not been going on for quite some time. You know what I'm saying? There have been players that have been getting paid for decades. Everybody in that locker room knows who's getting paid. Everybody in that locker room knows when a charger pulls up, who got it for him. This is not anything new. It's just new for us to where we can talk about it and not just talk about it in generalities. We can actually talk about it. It's legal. Collectives are legal now. So I thought that was a great answer. This has been going on for quite some time. So is it going to create that much of a rifture? I'm sure it will at some point or another. I mean, from the fan base, you know that if Nico Iamaliava comes in here, I'm just using him, him as an example. You know, Justin Williams-Thomas, he's a part of Spire Sports Group as well. What if those two guys come in here and they could turn out to be busts? I don't think that they're going to be busts. But you know fans are going to be irritated at that. Potentially some boosters who are paying money to get players here uh, in terms of are backing name, image, and likeness ordeals. Um, you know, potentially they could get a little frustrated in that regard if the player is not contributing or if the player is not living up to expectations. It's much like free agency when you bring in a player in the NFL or Major League Baseball or the NBA or whatever the case may be. I get it. But that's sports, right? I mean, that sport has never been on this landscape, but it is now and it's changing for, you know, the good, in my opinion. Now, there needs to be more regulation. Of course, that's a whole nother conversation uh, for another day. But it's just like recruiting to begin with. You put in so many resources. You spend so much time bringing in, hyping up a five-star player. What if that five-star player turns into a bust? Now you got dollar, dollar, you know, dollar signs and cents and all that, you know, tied to it uh, because of name, image, and likeness. So I get what he's saying with this comment. Sure, okay, but uh, again, you're just trying to stir the pot, right? So you go on. He's talking about Bryce Young as well at Alabama. This is quote again from the Rich Eisen Show, Lane Kiffin. And really, if you're great, I mean, think how messed up the system is. If you're a great player, you're Bryce Young after a national championship last year, you should go in the portal, even if you want to stay at Alabama, because all you're going to do is drive up the price there because then the collectives there suddenly will you know, come up with a lot of money to keep you. Okay, you talk about stirring the pot for sure. He goes on, uh, Lane, or excuse me, uh, another, Kiffin's not a boomer. You've got Dabo Sweeney, who certainly is a boomer. He's never been about name, image, and likeness. He's been trying to reverse course here a ton over the last couple months because, again, he knows that if you're not adapting, if you are not getting in the boat here, you're going to be left behind. And Dabo, who's had a lot of football success here in the, in, in the last decade at Clemson, knows that. And so this is Kiffin on some quote in regards to quotes that you know Dabo Sweeney said, saying that college football just needs to blow up the system. Uh, this is Lane Kiffin. I read that. I actually texted him. Good job. Uh, it's very frustrating. Uh, I'm for the kids making money, okay? Uh, it's just there's no, I said it from day one, no salary cap in the NFL. How does that work? And different teams have different types of money. There's no real contracts off it because they're not necessarily locked in. So technically, everybody could be a free agent every year. And really, think about how messed up that system is. He goes on. Uh, he, he gives the Bryce Young uh, comparison again. Uh, this is what Kiffin said earlier this offseason in terms of name, image, and likeness. It's basically like everybody's got different salary caps. I joked the other day that they're going to implement a luxury tax on, tax on Texas and Texas A&M. <laughs> what they're paying the players is unbelievable. It's legal. You've got players uh, who have never played before making hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars. It is what it is, but it's not going to be an equal playing field around the country at all. 
what would uh, happen if the NFL had people with different salary caps? Eventually, you know, those guys with high salary caps are going to go and win a lot of games. Uh, he's been very outspoken about the 2022 signing class for Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, so much and so that Jimbo Fisher called him a clown. That was fun this offseason. Uh, here's Davo Sweeney and some of his comments in terms of name, image, and likeness earlier this offseason as well. There's been so much bureaucracy that you can't even get anything done in a real-time manner. It's frustrating. The, the communication is not good, and the rules are outdated. Again, there have been a lot of pauses when it comes to scholarships, but you've got all these kids voting and on these things, and it's just not apples to apples. Uh, I've been outspoken. A lot of people... Uh, you know, will come at me because, you know, they I, I've made comments about not being in favor of name, image, and likeness. I'm for anything uh, that is for the education of the player. Okay, Dabo, just just calm down a little bit. That's that's a little, you know, that that's a little outdated. So you've got all these coaches who are not having the resources to back what college football is turning into right now, and they're upset about it. It just cracks me up. That Lane Kiffin is just trying to stir the pot. That's all he's doing, man. He's always doing is poking the Tennessee fan bases and getting guys like me with a podcast to get out of here and talk about it behind the microphone. I don't care. I get paid for it. This is an entertaining topic, so I'm here for it. And I think you guys are as well. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you just stir in the pot. That's why Lane Kiffin wanted to go to LSU so bad. That's why Lane Kiffin wanted to go to Oregon so bad. That's why Lane Kiffin, the first time he can jump ship, Literally, that's funny there. Come to the ship. Come to the ship. The first time he can jump ship away from Ole Miss, he is going to because you do not have the resources to compete in what college football is nowadays. Unbelievable coach, great developer, great play caller. Okay, You can win a national championship at Ole Miss, but can you sustain what it's going to take to compete with the big dogs around the country year in and year out? You can at Ole Miss. And Lane Kiffin is frustrated about it. He's casting stones, and it's hilarious because he got fired for cheating and sucking at you know sucking at USC, uh, you know losing games. He wasn't good there. Okay, he was cheating when he was here at Tennessee, and I'm sure he was cheating as the offensive coordinator at Alabama. It is just so funny, poetic justice, if you will, that Lane Kiffin has an issue with name, image, and likeness right now. But if Lane Kiffin was anywhere else. It would be fair game. Jump in or jump out, right? So, I don't know. It's It just kind of is what it is. Uh, again, it, it, it gets a rise out of guys like us because it's just funny. He's insinuating the, the $8 million deal for Nico Iamaliava. And even if so, even if Nico is making that, you know, whatever, is there an issue there? It's legal. It's legal, right? You can't do it. It is what it is. So, I just thought that was hilarious. And, of course, I wanted to bring it on the show uh, because Lane Kiffin just looks like a complete imbecile right now, and it's just, it is so flipping funny. Also, very curious to see how Ole Miss does this year. Lane Kiffin, great coach, great play caller, great developer. I've said that 10 times. You lose your quarterback, you lose Levy, you lose Durkin, your coordinators. You do bring in a ton through the transfer portal. That's good. Of course, he's a self-proclaimed transfer portal king, so he's good with the transfer portal, but he's not good with name him and gelatinous. Uh, both of those coming hand-in-hand hand have just completely changed the college landscape, but you're good with one, you're not good with the other. Okay, uh, that's interesting there. So that's my take on Lane Kiffin's ordeal. Again, all those comments, a uh, majority of those were from the Rich Eisen show last Friday. I couldn't find the audio. I apologize there, but uh, those were the quotes that I was reading out. Josh Ward coming up next here on Locked on Balls. But let me tell you about a product called AG1. 
all right, I was, you know, concerned about my health. I wanted more energy. I wanted to optimize my immune system. I hated taking pills, hated taking those vitamins every single day. I wanted a supplement that actually tasted great. I wanted to see what all the hype was about. So I started taking AG1. That's Athletic Greens AG1 for short. You know, what's up with this? One delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods. Uh, probiotics, pro, uh, and a lot of good stuff that's just going to help you feel great and help you age better as well. It's good for your skin. It's good for your focus. It's it's good for a number of different areas. If you're like me, always on the go, uh, you might need to look into a supplement like this because it can truly, truly, truly uh, help you out. Some of the health benefits, okay? Uh, it supports better sleep quality and recovers uh, your mental capacity after a long, stressful day. Um, it helps with your alertness as well. It costs you less than $3 a day. That's the big sticking point here. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. You get one or two of those every single night out of the bar on the way home from the office. So let me tell you about AG1. Go check it out, okay? And right now, uh, make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's all at AG1. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On Vols, your team every single day. And not that we're trying to make a habit out of it, but we're going to have a little Ward Wednesday on a Thursday once again. Josh Ward joins the show. Josh, how we doing? Hey, doing well. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You name the day, I'll be here. <laughs> also, where are you doing this hit from? Because it looks like you're in a basement about to about to kill somebody. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I am. I carved out some space in a sports animal production studio, so hopefully the sound is good. It is. It is built for the sound, not necessarily the look. It's funny. I know exactly where you are. I just wanted to get that out here. Uh, Tennessee, a lot of success here on the recruiting trail lately. Uh, make it three commits in the span of eight days. Five commits from the in-state and the number one, uh, the commit from the number one player in the country. Excuse me, the commit from the number one player in the state for the class of 2023, Caleb Herring. It's been a nice little run so far for Josh Heupel. Yeah, the Caleb Herring get is a big one, and it's not unexpected. I, I think Tennessee knew for a while that it would land Caleb Herring. It was a matter of when he would go public with that announcement. But that doesn't make it less significant. He is a very talented player. He's a consensus number one player in the state. And that doesn't tell us exactly what's going to happen. But Eric, you know, with recruiting rankings, sometimes you can find a prospect that's a top two or three player in the state by one service and then maybe number nine in another service. And you don't know what to say for sure. Everyone agrees. Caleb Herring is a big player in the state and he has to grow. He has to get bigger when he gets to college. Everybody recognizes that, but he also has the frame to do that. And there's no question about his athleticism. Tennessee has a big time quarterback commitment in the class and Nico now they have a big-time pass rusher. You've got to go get the quarterback, and Caleb Herring 
can help with that. And the last three commitments coming in the state, I think Tennessee feels good about where things are from an in-state recruiting standpoint. You're not going to land them all, but Tennessee's going to land more this year than they did last year. And I think getting guys up front, so Caleb Herring, getting Trevor Duncan, a guy that could play on either side, could be a defensive end or an offensive tackle, or um, and, and then Nathan Robinson. So three guys recently from inside the state that have good size. You're looking at 6'5 plus with room to grow with all three of those guys. You brought up Trevor Duncan there, the Knoxville Catholic standout. And, you know, when I write these impact analysis for VolQuest.com, I sit there and I I study the film and I, I, I break things down. And, man, his film is so impressive. And I've seen him play several times on Rivalry Thursday or just going out to, you know, catch, catch some prospects in action on a Friday night. Uh, I know you spoke with Corey Mobs there on Josh and Swain a couple of days ago. He's the head coach. Uh, what did he have to say about uh, Trevor Duncan? And, and I believe I share his same thought process as, that kid's got off the tackle written all over him, and I think he can be a good one down the line. Yeah, that was Corey Mobb's initial reaction when Swain asked about where he could be at the next level trying to go to the NFL, like what could be his ultimate future, and offensive tackle was the response. So hearing that kind of evaluation, that's kind of the way that I lean, but Coach Mobbs also was quick to say he can be a defensive lineman, and, and that might be his route. So we'll We'll find out, but the point would be that he's got size and athleticism and the work ethic. That would be something else that stood out of what he's done behind the scenes. And if you hear a coach, I think especially in this case, because he's coached guys, Derek Brown, who went to Auburn and then went in the first round of the NFL draft, when Corey Mobb said, yeah, he could be a first-round tackle, he's not going to say that if he doesn't really believe that that's the case. So the work ethic behind the scenes – and his versatility, ability to play on the offensive or defensive line, that's what Tennessee needs. Tennessee needs more of those guys that can be legitimate SEC linemen. And if Trevor Duncan comes close to tapping into the potential that his own head coach is talking about, then that's going to be really good for Tennessee. Hey, this is kind of, you know, I'm just seeing this right here on my timeline, and I, I don't know much about the the ball leaders class. I know that, you know, they select certain you know, football players and basketball players and softball, every sport on campus to kind of be a part of this big group. Uh, but the one selected here this week for Tennessee football, I guess for the first time, uh, Christian Charles, Jackson Lampley, Addison Nichols, Deshaun Rucker, Elijah Simmons, Deshaun Terry, Caleb Webb, and Justin Williams-Thomas. I mean, that's not nothing, right? I'm not saying it'll prove anything to be on the field, but you're in these classes developing these leadership skills. Uh, you like that a couple of freshmen, early enrollees, true seniors in high school right now kind of made that list. Yeah, I think so, and those are players we've heard good things about. Justin Williams-Thomas is someone that I think has been really impressive when he's been in a media setting already before he's played his first down at Tennessee. That doesn't tell you everything, but when, when I interviewed him several, I guess a, a few months ago before he arrived on campus at Tennessee, I was really impressed, and he's a, a good athlete. I think everybody recognizes that. Caleb Webb is a guy that has emerged. He did in the recruiting process and I think could be a good player for Tennessee uh, same with all these guys. I think it all applies. And then Addison Nichols, he could be a really good player for Tennessee, very highly regarded in this class for Tennessee. And being on campus, and it's it's the – I don't even know if it's a new trend anymore, but it's very common to see freshmen, incoming freshmen, arrive for the spring semester. That doesn't take away from the impact it can have on them being able to go through a full semester of classes and go through spring practice before you have summer workouts and then fall camp when – work really begins. So having these guys on campus and seeing them already recognized for what they're doing off the field and how that can help them grow, you're going to look for that next wave of leaders after 
the Matthew Butler, Elante Taylor, Valus Jones group leaves. And the next, you'll look at the players coming up like Cedric Tillman and Hendon Hooker. Well, they're not going to be here forever. So who can help kind of take that leadership role on? These are probably some names to watch. Here on Locked On Vols, we're getting everything we can out of spring practice. We've had top five things we learned from spring, top five freshmen, top five upperclassmen. What's the biggest takeaway for you for spring practice? It wrapped up last Thursday uh, with the scrimmage. And I mean, it appears the, I mean, the offense had a better day on Thursday, you know, linked up for a couple of big time uh, scoring plays there through the air. Sounds like the defense has taken a step uh, this spring. And it's kind of, kind of weird to even think about that because they have no cornerbacks out there right now. Yeah, I think that. A takeaway on that side of the ball then would be there's confidence in guys up front and how they will be able to perform. Elijah Simmons is a player that has gotten a lot of talk. Amari Thomas is a guy that has shown his potential, and if that continues to develop, that can help you up front. Latrell Bumpus's health is going to be really important, so that would not be a, a positive takeaway with him having to miss so much time. But other guys getting reps, if you have a healthy Bumpus this fall, you feel better about the depth of your defensive line as you do have to replace a few important contributors last year and then Eric the pass rush it's just going to be so important so if Roman Harrison is able to play at a higher level if you believe you're going to get more out of Byron Young and, and Tyler Barron and then at least one newcomer comes in and helps you there there's a lot of talk of what James Pearson Joshua Josephs can be for Tennessee if you have more guys that can help go rush the passer well you're going to be able to be more disruptive which they need I'm still coming out of spring, though, saying, okay, what do you have in the secondary? Because if you if you don't have playmaking there and if you don't have guys that can cover, teams are going to figure that out. And Tennessee's going to face good quarterback play again this year and in some cases quarterbacks that can move as well. So there's a lot to prove on the defensive side, but there's good potential. And last year I thought a lot of the time the defense overachieved. So now that you have the staff coming back and a lot of guys that did play last year and, and still – some pretty good talent on that side of the ball. They need more in the future, and that comes back to the Caleb Herring conversation. But they will have a chance to be better this year than maybe even we talk about during the offseason. Two more things here for you, Josh Ward, at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter. A former host here, Locked On Balls, current host of Josh and Swain. A uh, little, little, little fun times being had over at Lindsey Nelson Stadium this weekend. Got a little, little $2 chest bump there from Tony Vitello. Frank Anderson got ran as well. Uh, Tennessee responds. They drop two in a row, the Tuesday midweek action to Tennessee Tech, a game one to Alabama, but respond in a big way, did not drop in the polls. What do you make of uh, Tennessee baseball right now? And obviously, again, some more adversity. Chase Dolander, don't know about his status moving forward for the time being. You got Chase Burns, who is yet to make it into the, to, to the you know, out of the fourth inning, his last two starts. Um, but Tennessee just continues to roll. Yeah, still a ton of upside, and the way Tennessee responded on Saturday and Sunday was a quick reminder of what this team has been this year and what this team is still capable of. And the injury to Dolander is concerning, but it was more concerning when it happened. So th there doesn't appear to be a long-term concern there. And Blade Tidwell having come back and more opportunity for him to help in the rotation or however they decide as the rest of the season goes, that is a plus, and that is why – the depth of arms that we've talked about over the last few weeks was worth bringing up because you never know when an injury could occur. So I still have a lot of confidence in what the staff can do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no matter who's out there. And that includes Chase Burns. I'm not giving up on him just because of the last couple of weekends worth watching. But the bats came alive again on Saturday and Sunday, a couple of down games, but uh, this team maybe needed some kind of, kick in the butt and maybe they got that inadvertently from their head coach Tony Vitello with his ejection and 
the suspension that has come because uh, Trey Lipscomb said that the players responded to seeing that. And I do think that they thrive off adversity, even if it's self-initiated. Uh, I think that that's still something that in that dugout, in that clubhouse, they say, okay, it's time to go. And when you have a talent in the lineup, which Tennessee does, they have a chance. So you, you never know how this is all going to play out. There's a reason, Eric, that Tennessee is the clear favorite to win the national championship because to this point, Tennessee has been the, uh, to me at least, and I think to everybody else, clearly the best team in college baseball. Yeah, I mean, they are. We're going to, we're going to talk about it, you know, on the show, if not today, you know, moving forward. I mean, they're, uh, by and large, far and away, you know, in terms of betting favorites to win the College World Series, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible in that regard. All right, last thing away from the diamond, back to the gridiron. What do you make of Lane Kiffin's, or maybe the locker room? What do you make of Lane Kiffin's comments about name, image, and likeness going to create a divide in the locker room? Because I think there's some truth to that. I think he's just trying to stir the pot right now, but I do think there's some truth to that. Although I do believe that conversation is, you know, a little overhyped, if if that makes sense. Yeah, I first of all think that he's stirring the pot. And I think there is some hypocrisy that comes with you think? Lane Kiffin saying what he has because we know how college football has worked and we know how it worked at USC when he was coaching there and at Tennessee when he was coaching in 09 because some problems came Tennessee's way. And then also how things may have gone at Alabama where he coached as an assistant. I think he's a little frustrated that other schools have more opportunities to do what he would like to do if he had the same kind of resources. It is something that will have to be managed. I don't think it's any different than anywhere else, though. But, yeah, if I mean, let's use Tennessee. If Nico is getting the kind of money that's been talked about and we know he's going to get something and he comes in, well, then his teammates are going to be aware of that. It's still going to be about how he performs, though, because if he performs at a high level, then his teammates and the fans and everybody around campus is going to be saying, hey, he deserves it. If he doesn't, then they're going to say that he doesn't deserve it and people are not going to like him. But that's kind of how it's been with other players at that position you're the quarterback all eyes are on you whether you're getting the money or not whether people know about the money or not because that's why I would say let's be real athletes have been getting money before and their teammates knew it so they, they could be upset then so I don't think it changes that much of the conversation I think it's the conversation itself that's changing that we can talk more about it because we're hearing about Bryce Young's getting a million bucks close to it according to his head coach. That's the difference to me is that it's a public conversation as opposed to what others probably knew was going on privately. Josh Ward, co-host of the new Josh and Swain radio show, 99.1 The Sports Animal, from noon until 3 every single day. Josh, thanks so much, man. We'll do it again next week. You got it. Thank you. All right, always good, always fun to hang out with our friend Josh Ward. Uh, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your sports stats and sports informations. You can find all the latest sports information, developments, league reviews, news, podcasts, all that and more, plus basketball playoffs, the start of Major League Baseball season. It's all at BetOnline.net right now. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting options, playoff information, esports, a whole lot more, including reality television as well. And you can head on over to the website, check it all out for yourself right now. Get those future bets in there for Major League Baseball's uh, divisional winners, Major League Baseball pennant winners, and of course, the big one, the World Series winners coming up later on. You get those Braves tickets in your early, and it's all at betonline.net. Betonline.net, it is where the game starts. All right, guys, welcome back in here to a Thursday edition of Log Tom Vols. It's your favorite Vol podcast, your favorite uh, weekday morning 
fall podcast. Well, there's not another one out there, so not a whole lot to choose from, but I uh, do appreciate you guys for uh, hanging out with me to, here today and for making Lockdown Vols your first listen. Uh, had a good conversation with Josh Ward. We spoke on Lane Kiffin's uh, comments regarding name, image, and likeness and uh, another uh, another uh, stone thrown in the direction of Tennessee. It is what it is. That's just kind of Lane Kiffin's role. Um, I want to talk about baseball right now, okay? You know we've been doing a lot more baseball content here on the on the pod, and I think that's a great thing because, hell, Tennessee baseball is the best team in the country. It's not even close. The latest odds per fan duel to win the College World Series. Again, we use bet online here on the show, but sometimes uh, college baseball odds and and uh, stuff like that's a little hard to come by. I'm not going to be on, I'm going to be completely honest with you. This is from FanDuel. The odds, the latest odds to win the College World Series. Okay, that's baseball's national championship. Sitting at the top, no surprise, the number one team in the country, the team that we cover here on Locked On Balls, or your Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee sits at plus 380. The next closest, Oregon State at plus 1,000. So you got Tennessee at plus 380. The next closest is Oregon State at plus 1,000. That's incredible. I mean, it truly is. You go down the list, you got Arkansas at plus 1,200, Texas at plus 1,200, Vandy at plus 1,500, LSU at plus 1,800, OK, uh, Oklahoma State at plus 1,800, Virginia at plus two, uh, 2,000, you got Texas Tech at plus 2,000, Notre Dame at 2,000, and Miami and Arizona at plus 2,500. But Tennessee at plus 380, the next closest is Oregon State at plus 1,000. That is incredible. I mean, think of this. Tony Vitello took over the program five years ago and Tennessee was six feet under. Slowly but surely, you've seen this program get better and better and better and better. And ultimately, it's been a, a real contender, even last year, um, going to Omaha. I think the expectation now was to get back to Omaha, but you lost so much in that lineup. You lost two-thirds of your starting rotation, but the guys who have come in have been so much, so good, if not better. Okay, you've got Chase Burns and Dolander and Drew Bean that have been just phenomenal on the weekends for the most part. You've got a lineup right now that is leading the leading. I about said the National League, leading the country in home runs by a large margin. You got guys like Trey Lipskin and Jarrell Ortega who have been here, who have put in the time, who have worked on their craft, gotten better and better, and now they've got opportunities and they're playing at all conference levels, and with Lipskin's case, potentially all-American level, Golden Spikes Award level. That's the Heisman Trophy for college baseball. You've got Veteran returners and Evan Russell and Drew Gilbert, who have been fantastic. Jordan Peck's in that conversation as well, and he's a first-round draft pick. You got, you know, freshman studs like Jared Dickey and true freshman Christian Moore and Blake Burke who have come on. I mean, you know, you've got newcomers from junior college like uh, Seth uh, Stevenson. I mean, you, there's not many holes in this lineup. I mean, there's not any holes in this lineup. There's not many weaknesses on this team. It's been one of the best bullpens in the entire country. So, seeing these odds, it's still a surprise because Tennessee has that much of an advantage, plus 380 to plus 1,000 to win the College World Series. Tennessee over Oklahoma State for the best odds. That's incredible. Now, Tennessee's at a turning point right now in the season. You're just a little over halfway through. You've got a tons of SEC series left remaining. you got the SEC tournament coming up next month. Uh, then you'll be looking to host a regional. You'll be looking to host a super regional. And then, of course, getting back to Omaha. Tennessee is at a crossroads right now. You got Chase Burns, a true freshman Friday night starter that has been incredible. Okay. What's he going to look like? He has not been able to get out of the fourth inning in the last two starts. Can he get back on track? 
Chase Dolander, very much his status, very much up in the air regarding this last start. Pitched one inning and, and you know, got hit on line drive and his elbow in the first inning did not return. What if he can't pitch this weekend? Well, it feels good. You got Blake Tidwell, right? You know, we talked about how baseball works itself out for right, wrong, and different. Baseball it just kind of has a way of working itself out. Well, Blake Tidwell can slide back into the starting rotation, but is he completely stretched out right now? I don't believe he is. Can he give you three or four innings in a start? Probably at this point, but is you know, at this point in the season, you need him to go seven or eight, right? Uh, but he's working himself back from injury, so that's a good thing. But that bullpen's going to be taxed this weekend because you might have to pick up Burns again, and you're going to have. To, it's not going to be a bullpen game on Saturday, but the bullpen's going to have to contribute in a big way if Chase Dolander can't pitch on Saturday, which I don't believe he'll be able to. So it's going to be interesting to see how Tennessee bounces back. They're going to be in Gainesville this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then coming up, there's going to be three straight Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, series uh, this weekend and or the the weekend's coming up, so that's something to look forward to as well. But I wanted to I wanted to pass that along. Plus three eighty for Tennessee baseball, pretty incredible. Next closest plus one thousand at Oregon State, the best odds to win the college baseball World Series, the college baseball national championship to win in Omaha. So what's your expectation for Tennessee baseball? Mine. Has been what it's been all year long. Get back to Omaha and win some games. I'm never going to say it's going to be a disappointment if you don't win the College World Series because it is such a difficult thing to do with any championship. It's such a difficult thing to do to get to the Final Four, to win a college football national championship. To be completely honest with you, that's the easiest thing to win, right? It's way easier uh, to win a college football national championship than get to a Final Four to get to Omaha in baseball, right? I mean, it truly is. Think about it. I mean, it really, really is. In Major League Baseball, you got to play 162 games, and now you got to go through half the league in the playoffs because all those owners are just concerned about making money. Same with the NBA, right? But there's not a whole lot of parity in the NBA right, NBA right now. Um, it just kind of is what it is. So I'm never going to say it's going to be a disappointment because it won't be. But even with the injury concerns right now, Tennessee, with the odds the way they look right now, is the overwhelmingly favorite to win at Omaha. Go to Omaha and win some games and see what happens. Tennessee, and this is... This is not hyperbolic for me, okay? I promise you. Tennessee is easily the best team in the country, without a doubt. Great lineup, great starters, and a fantastic bullpen. Depth and arms for days, and that's a good thing. Something to think about. Something to think about for sure. I know more and more of you guys are jumping in on Tennessee baseball, as you should. They are fun to watch. A whole lot of fun to watch. That'll do it here for this edition of Locked On Balls here on a Thursday. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more recruiting, and we're going to have a special guest on tomorrow's show, so looking forward uh, to that. Guys, check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy, they bring it to life every single morning. Uh, you've got the NFL Draft just a little over a week away, right? Or a week away right now, so... Uh, they'll be talking BFLs and tons and tons of other prospects. All that and more on the Locked On NFL Draft podcast, leading you up to the NFL Draft's live coverage, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, thanks so much. We'll do it again tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody. Thursday, everybody.